Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Why don't you open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke tonight, the 16th chapter. Amen? I said amen? amen. Come on now. You're going to have to help me out. The preacher needs help tonight. Praise God. I've got a, another one that messages tonight that just might be a toe tromper. Amen. I don't know why the Lord wants me to deliver this type of a message, but as I started to read into it, I, I seen the value of the words that Jesus was speaking here and how important it is for us as believers today. It's not a rebuke, but it's a looking into the future of what the church has to look like. Amen. Now, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that uh, the church is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. I believe, I believe that for the most part, the church is. However, how many of you believe that we could step it up to a new level? Something that is very necessary for the very last moments. Amen. I sense it so much in my spirit that it could be at any moment now. I know that's been talked about for centuries. But how about this? Every century that ticks by gets a little closer. And so we got to be ready as the body of Christ. We got to do what's right. We got to live holy. Amen. I know that's a dirty word in society today, but in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a premium word. Amen. Because we have been called out of the darkness. Amen. And into the light of the glorious gospel of his son. Amen. And so I'm going to look at something t- t- tonight that uh, is going to be challenging. It is to me. Amen. And as I was reading it uh, just last week, it just really set something off inside of me because I can see how some in the church are reacting to what's going on in the world today. And it's not the way it should be. There are, we've got to be more on fire now than we ever have been. Amen? Because whenever the world starts to pressurize situations, you're the only one and I'm the only one who is the relief valve that we can take and pull that thing off and let it all just run out. Amen? And so Jesus said something here in Luke chapter 16 that is uh, very, very interesting. And we're going to read through this. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's the parable of the unjust servant. And I'm sure you've read it before, so I'm not going to show you anything that you haven't seen before. But it's really, really uh, important for us to look at this. 
Are you ready? We're going to start with verse 1. And he said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Verse 2, So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then, he said, then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? Amen. For my master has taken away my stewardship. In other words, he's taken away my livelihood. He's taken away everything I've ever known. He's taken away my circle of friends. He's taken away the way I live, the house that I live in. The donkey that I ride on. He's taken all of that away from me. Amen. And then he says this, he says, I cannot dig, which means that he didn't want to. Manual labor was not in his forte, amen, because he'd been used to extortion, extorting others, extorting money from others. And he said, and I'm ashamed to beg, or in other words, his pride was so high because of his position, he wasn't going to do anything. Anything like that. Amen. So that really left him in a uh, predicament, didn't it? What's he going to do? He even asked himself, what shall I do about this? And his little mind starts going around and around and around and around and around. And then all of a sudden a light goes off. And he says, I know what I'll do. Amen. In verse 4, I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. In other words, he's going to call in some favors. He's going to call in some favors of some people that he helped. Amen? So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? Verse 6 says, And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Amen. Anybody would do that if you owe so much and then someone says, oh, you, no, I'll take half that. You'd be willing to do that, wouldn't you? Amen. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. Glory to God. So he's, he's setting up the ability to call in favors once he loses his job. Amen. That's pretty smart, ain't it? Isn't it, I should say. Hallelujah. That he is going to set up a way so that whenever he gets put out of this cushy job that he's had, amen, that he's going to start calling in favors. Man, that, that, that just sounds just like today. That sounds so much like today in the corporate world. Amen? Or even in just any type of an a, a employer-employee situation. That there's someone who doesn't want to lose what they got going. So they're going to make sure that someone's going to take care of them. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so we're kind of getting an idea here. Amen. 
Now let's look at this. Now, now he did all this, and then it, look what look what the, the master says in verse eight. He says, "So the master commended the unjust servant because he had dealt shrewdly, shrewdly." Amen. The word shrewd means sharp-witted or clever in practical affairs. Did you hear that? Practical affairs. We're not, ta- we're not talking about spiritual things. We're talking about living life on this earth. And so the master said he was shrewd. Hallelujah. It's kind of funny that he would call him shrewd because he was cheating him out of a lot of money. But could it be that the steward did what he did because of the example that he saw in the master himself? Could it be? I don't know. Possibly. Amen. So here we are doing this. Now, Jesus says this, and this is the part that I'm wanting to get at. He said, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Wow. Whenever I read that, that just really went off on the inside of me. Amen. He said, the sons of this world, amen, or the sons of this age are more shrewd in their generation or taking care of their own than what the generation of the sons of light are. He wanted to make this point. There was something we needed to see here. Something that a lot in the church don't want to uh, deal with because it makes them almost sound like they're too carnal. Amen. But it's something that you and I need to look at. Because there's a principle here that Jesus is wanting us to look at. A principle. Amen. Something that we need to do. Do you see that? Amen. And so the steward was cheating other people to take care of himself. Now, it wasn't the idea of the cheating itself. It was the principle of what he was doing. He was using his head for something. Amen? Other than just, you know, to set a turban on. You understand what I'm saying? The church needs to start using their head. Amen? When it comes to things not only of the Spirit, but also in this world. Because, see, there's a whole lot of believers out there, and I've talked to them, and they'll be going through something, and this is what comes out of their mouth. Oh, I'm just trusting the Lord. I'm just trusting God. Amen. So what is that doing? That's throwing all of the responsibility on God. I don't have to do anything. I'm just trusting in Him. If He heals me, great. If He doesn't, it's something He did. Do you see that? Amen. 
It's extremely important for us as believers to get out of that mentality that it's all up to God and we don't have a part to play in any of this. Amen? A matter of, as a matter of fact, we have a greater responsibility than what God does because God has already taken care of the answer. But we have to believe for the answer. So that takes more, more effort, more time, more reading, more declaring, or anything else, amen, that needs to be done. Hallelujah. But we get so spiritual. I'm all into spirituality, okay? But I've seen some people that they are so spiritual, they're, they're so far beyond me, I can't even comprehend them. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. You probably know somebody like that. I hope you're not that person. Amen? But they're so far out there. I mean, I, when my wife and I first got into uh, charismatic and Pentecostal type things, we didn't know anything. I mean, we were, so, we were, we were dumb as dumb could be. Amen? And so whenever we started going to a full gospel church, we were hungry. We wanted to know how to operate in the kingdom. Amen. And so we started to align ourselves with some people in the church. Amen. They love God. Now, please understand this. They love God. And they do anything for God. But I tell you, I couldn't understand a word that they were saying. Had no idea what was going on. And then they tell you, well, you should be. You should, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I failed. We failed in this. Do you see that? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it might get better or it might not, because now I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me to entitled this because whenever I got done with it I said Lord what, what should I call this and he said tell them to get their heads out of clouds get your heads out of clouds start looking at the reality that's around you amen see you may not be a citizen of this earth but you're living here amen and you need to know how to operate properly in, the king, in, in, this, in this world. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to break the law. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we're, not, that we're going to do this or do that. But Jesus said that they are more shrewd than what we are. They're more keen, savvy, street smart. Amen? You and I, we just kind of come in and flop our sells down the chair and wait for somebody to feed us. And then we get up and we leave. Boy, that was good. I sure wish I could remember what the pastor talked about. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. But we're going around all hyped up on spirituality and we're leaving an aspect of our lives totally open to the devil. And that's our natural lives, what we should be doing. 
how we, sh we should be doing it. Amen? And so hopefully we'll look, go and look at some things tonight that might help us to, to get a little bit better understanding so that we're not just saying, well, I'm just trusting the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. That's good. You better be trusting the Lord. But if that's the only thing you're doing, then you're not going to get any results. Amen. Well, I told you. I told you this would be like this. Amen. Pra praise God. You know, if you look around today, it looks like the enemy's winning on every front. Amen. This, that, and the other, and every bit of news that you look at, it don't look good for the most part. Amen. But what are we as believers doing to counteract that? Are we doing anything? Are we just sitting around? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not, trying, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm trying to bring, maybe shed a little bit of light on some things that we need to be doing a little bit different. Hallelujah. In other words, we need to start maybe getting a little bit of backbone and tossing aside the fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good preaching so far. You're not saying anything, but that's all right. Amen. The sons of this age. The word sons there in the first part, when he's talking about those, uh, the sons of this world, it, it means those devoted to the philosophy of the age. Those who are devoted, devoted, devoted to the philosophy of this age. I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. In Psalm 64, 6, it said, the psalmist says, they devise iniquities. It says, we have perfected a shrewd scheme. Talking about the enemies of God. Psalm 83, 3 says this, they have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. Sounds like they're busy. Amen? Sounds like they're busy. They're busy developing a plan. They're out there busy rallying troops around their cause. Amen? That's what they're doing. And the church just kind of sits back, I just, I just don't want to hear, I want to hear about it, I don't want to hear about it. So we stick our heads in the sand. Amen. So just by listening to these two things, I'm seeing that this uh, plan and scheme is not an optional thing with them. No. It's a mandate. They've made it a crusade. Amen. They've made it a crusade to do away with the church, to do away with truth to do away with morality i mean come on just in the past two years the floodgates of hell have been opened and these people are 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 so emboldened now that day is flaunt in your face and you better take it 
Because if you don't, you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. Amen? But I tell you, all is not lost because I have seen believers get together and rally around a cause and say, no, we're not, we're not doing this. Just the other day, I, I was reading a little article about this one town that has set up a nativity scene in the public park. Amen. Where, where they're, you know, the city owned it. Amen. And it'd been there for 70 some years. I think since 1950, it had been there. No one had ever said a thing about it at all. Until one day, not long ago, this one person, just one, say one, one person decided it offended them. And it has to go because it offends me. Do you see that? And so the the mayor and the city council told this organization they were going to have to take it down. And a lady who was over this organization said, look, we have been setting this up for 72 years. Not one person of all the time that I've been doing this has ever said anything about it. And we're letting one person dictate to us what we're going to do. Well, needless to say, the mayor got some backbone. The city council got some backbone and said, no, we're not going to take it down. It's going to stay because it's a tradition in this town. Amen. So see what happens when you fight back. What happens whenever you take a stand? Amen. Now, you don't have to get involved with every battle. Okay. But you need to pray and find out which ones God wants you to be involved in. Does that make sense? You could, you could, ne- you could never take care of every battle that there is that the enemy is trying to win in the earth. But you could, you could strategically set yourself somewhere. And you don't even have to be the one in charge of it. You can just rally with others. There's safety in numbers, you know. Amen? And just start doing something a little different. Start pushing back. Does that make sense? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the church has just got soft. It's gotten fat on its own religious ideas, but they never took those religious ideas outside the four walls of the church. They just left them in there. They were, they'll be in my seat whenever I come back next Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's this thing about rising up and doing some things that maybe we haven't done before. I mean, God's dealing with me about some things, about getting rid of fear. Amen. Yeah, I have fear about certain things. Amen. But where is fear going to get us? Nowhere. For one thing, we've not been given the spirit of fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it also says here in verse 
uh, 8, that, they are, that the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. The word sons there means exactly the same thing. Those devoted to the philosophy of this age. So you have a philosophy. They have a philosophy. And they're polar opposites of each other. Amen. And they're never going to come together as a compromise because you can't compromise truth. Amen. Oral Roberts said this more than once. That thing which you tried to compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. So compromise has its limitations. And there is no compromise when it comes to truth. You may compromise in some other areas, and that would be fine. But when it comes to truth, it's black or white. Does that make sense to you? Amen? Hallelujah. I like what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16. You can write this down, look it up later. He said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen. You can be both. You can take a stand and make what you believe known. But you don't have to get into arm to arm combat. You don't have to burn down cities. You don't, you don't have to destroy other people's property. You don't have to go into their stores and steal them blind and just walk out with it and not even run, just walk out with it. You don't have to do any of that. Amen. But you can still be wise as a serpent. Because Jesus said, I'm sending you out as people among wolves. And if you're not as, at least as smart as they are, you're going to get eaten. Does that make any sense? Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Another translation says his schemes. Amen. Well, you know, I just, I just want to come to church and I just want to like everybody. I want to love everybody. Well, let me tell you this. Good luck with that. Because it's not going to happen. Eventually, you and I are going to come face to face with someone who absolutely despises God, His Word, and everything about Him, and you're going to have to make a choice. You're either going to stand strong and declare what the Word says, or you're going to just walk away, turn tail, and they win. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, aren't you glad you came tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus said that they are shrewder, more prudent, and wiser. What does that mean? They've done their homework. Amen. They realize that if they're going to accomplish this, they're going to have to get involved in it. And they've got a tremendous network put together of how to undermine the church, how to undermine 
the, uh, the, the blessedness of the constitution of this nation. It's all in place. Why is that? Because for 50 years, we've not done anything. Amen. Now, I understand this, that for the majority of us here, that was before your watch. Amen. But now this is our watch. And we need to be doing some things. We need to be uh, educating ourselves. Hallelujah. But that's just so carnal. That's just carnal. Well, we'll see how carnal it is when they come and they take your house. And say that you can't live there anymore even though you've paid for it. That's what they do in communist and socialist countries. You can't own anything. It doesn't matter if you paid for it or not. You still can't own it. It's property of the state. Then we'll see, we'll see how carnal you get. Amen. Hallelujah. So the church needs to take their responsibility. Are you ready to move on from there? Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Let's look here real quick. Amen. I bet you all wish Pastor Chuck was here tonight, don't you? <laughs> Amen. Well, I do too. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Are you there? Colossians chapter 3, are you there? All right. Let's look at this. We're, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds to keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. See there? See there, Pastor? See, see Paul just proved you wrong right here. Well, if you look at it from face value here, that might be so. But we've got to think about what are the higher things. What are the higher things? What is it that uh, Paul is telling us that we need to keep our sights on? The things of the kingdom. What's, what's, what's above us? Well, that's where Jesus is sitting, at the right hand of God. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it tells us in Ephesians that we are also seated with him there. Amen? So that's, that's what's above. What else is above? The throne of God. Amen? The very epitome of his authority is there. So authority's there. You're there. Jesus is there. The Holy Ghost is there. Amen? So it sounds like to me that you need to stay focused on what's above so that you know how to handle what's below you. Amen. You're not going to know otherwise. 
You'll, you'll, you'll do like, uh, you know, uh, what Paul said, uh, that you'll be fighting, you'll be boxing the air, but you're not going to get anything done. You're just making a big show, but nothing's being accomplished. Do you see that? Amen. And so it's important for us whenever we are keeping our thoughts toward heaven that we're thinking about what God is equipping us with. to do warfare down here. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be keeping ourselves in tune to. Hallelujah. Not, not just up there, just, oh, just with the angels singing, and you're singing with the angels, you know, you're, you're harmonizing with them and, and all that stuff, and you're just in your prayer closet, and that's all that gets done. Glory be to God. You come out... Woo, wasn't that some warfare? Well, who were you fighting in there? I thought there were angels in there with you. You fighting them? You couldn't win. Amen. No, you're supposed to go to your prayer closet to get instruction, revelation, understanding, power, all that you need. That comes from the prayer closet. Then you bring that out and you engage. Glory to God. Amen. That's what it's all about. We go in prayer to find out what the mind of God is. What should I do? Do I need to do anything about this? Should I let this go? Should I engage in this? Isn't that, isn't that what David did? He inquired of the Lord. He said, Lord, shall I pursue? Remember when they went to Zitlag and and burnt the city and took all their treasures, their, their children and their wives. And the people were wanting to stone him. Remember that? And it says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he went and asked the Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, pursue, you'll re re receive all back. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so what happened? Well, the men rallied with him, went after them because they had the word of the Lord on this. The word of the Lord on this. And they fought them and they recovered all. Amen. That, that's good. And you, got, you learned all of that, that, he learned all of that by inquiring of the Lord. He has took some time to find out what God wanted him to do. And then he went into battle in the natural. Glory to God. Boy, that's pretty good stuff. When, when, we, th when we look at it like this, we're, we're taking ourselves out of this little comfy area that we've all been in for so long. And we've all been in it, so let's not try to act like, well, no, I, I fight all the time. No, you don't. <laughs> Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Because I guarantee you, if most of us had the battles that we could be in, we'd be up for prayer all the time. Oh, Lord, the devil's after me. Oh, Lord, this. And, you know, pastor, pray for me. You understand what I'm saying? It's important for us to seek the things that are above to get understanding for what's below us. Amen.
Well, glory to God. Amen? Well, let's see what else we got then. Hallelujah. When Adam gave away his authority to Satan, many believers have yet to realize that Jesus restored that authority back to them. They still don't have a clue. There are people in churches all over this nation who truly feel in their hearts that there's not a thing they can do to stop what's happening. Not a thing. We just got to roll with the punches, folks. We're not supposed to make waves here. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says they, they are, this is what else he says. It says they are so busy with their head in the clouds trying to look spiritual that they don't realize the chaos that is all around them. They got their heads so far up in there they can't see what's below them and what they need to be engaged in. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Glory be to God. Amen. This, this, is, this is so rich to me that uh, because I realize, and, and you're not going to do this all overnight, folks. Just understand that. This is, this is for the long haul. This is that good work that talks about in Philippians chapter 1 that Jesus is going to continue to do in us until the very moment of his return. So see, we're, we're, just, we're just working on this, but if we don't even step foot in there, then we're always going to be on the outside. There'll be people who are doing battle for us, and we're not helping them in any way. I don't even know if we're praying for them. Amen? And some ministries that are doing battle, we're not even supporting them financially. Ouch. That really hurt. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. All right, where did I tell you to go? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at this. Now, verse 1 says this, you, there, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship. Did you catch that? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you're to endure. You're not to give up. You're not to give in. You're not to say, what's, what's the use? It's a losing battle anyway. Amen. Because once we say that, then the battle has been lost. It says this, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, let's, let's look at that for a moment. You could take that as saying that if I'm supposed to be a soldier in the army of God, I can't be bothered with all this stuff that's going on out here right now. Well, let me ask you this. 
then why are you fighting? What are you fighting? Amen? If you're not wanting to deal, endure hardship and be a good soldier in Christ, if you're not willing to deal with what's out here in the world, the injustice, the oppression, amen, then you're really not a soldier in the army of God. You know, I've been following somewhat of the unrest that's been going on in China and how these people got to the place. Now, you, you think about this for a moment. There are over a billion people in mainland China, over a billion. Now, I don't know for sure how many soldiers they have in the Red Army, but I can guarantee you that there are, for every one of those soldiers, there's probably 100 or 200 or more civilians that could overpower them at any moment. But what did it take to do that? What did it take for them to to do this? They had enough. They had enough of being welded into their homes, their neighbors starving to death, other people being burnt alive because they couldn't get out. Amen. And they take people, maybe you did not know this, but they take people who have been sentenced in prison, they kill them, and then they harvest their organs and sell them. That's what the government is doing. Amen. I know it's shocking, and it's beyond comprehension, but it's happening every day. They're killing healthy, innocent people to harvest organs so they could sell them for a profit. We couldn't even imagine that happening here. And yet, 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 if you donate your organs... It's not free. The recipient has to pay for it. Amen. Now, you can do whatever you want, but that's, not, that's why I'm not a donor. I'll just keep everything I got. Thank you very much. But that's being selfish. Well, maybe so. You can fight me on it later. Amen. I'm not doing it. Glory to God. Now, if one of my children or my grandchildren needed a kidney or something like that, I would donate it to them. Hallelujah. Amen? You better believe I would. Glory to God. That's just the way it is. Hallelujah. Where are we at, folks? We are in 2 Timothy chapter 2. No one engages in warfare, in verse 4 again, and entangles himself with the affairs of this life. I have heard people say, well, I, I, I can't be getting involved in this type of carnal stuff. Amen? I knew this one person who had a family member who was going through some really, really hard stuff. They needed help. But yet this person 
use that scripture to me as proof of why they didn't have to do anything. Because I can't get involved in this kind of stuff. That's their problem. Let them take care of it. Do you see that? It's wrong. I said it's wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, is it going to get any better? Oh, yeah, it will. Hallelujah. Jesus said this in Luke 19, 13, that we have to occupy till he comes or do business. Do normal. Do normal. Quit, buy, quit trying to be this super spiritual nut and just be normal. Amen? You can be spiritual and natural and be okay. But if you got your head so far up there that you don't even know what's going on around you, you're of absolutely no g- good to anyone. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. We've got a little bit of time, and I've, I've barely scratched the surface here. Let's go and look at this in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Hallelujah. When you get there, say amen. What? I didn't hear anybody. Mark, Mark chapter 8, verse 15. I know you're, you're all uh, just a little bit uh, gun shy now, aren't you? Look at verse 15. I'm going to read this out to Amplified. It says, Jesus repeatedly and expressly charged and admonished them, saying, Look out! Keep on your guard and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod and the Herodians. Jesus said, you've got to be watching out for this kind of stuff. Not only is it in the government, it's in the church. And he said, you've got to be beware, beware of it. Amen. Keep on guard with these things. Hallelujah. So we've got we to gotta be watchful on two fronts. On the church side, our government, our natural side. We can't, we can't just stay on one side. I'm, I'm just going to go over here. It's safe here. All my brothers and sisters are here. Amen. They'll protect me. They'll pray for me. Amen. And on this side, all hell's breaking loose. But I don't want to hear about that. Talk to the hand. Don't want, to, don't want to get involved in that kind of stuff. Amen? What am I trying to say in all of this? It's time for us as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to get involved in everything. To get involved in everything. Amen? Not just, not just a little bit here, a little dabble there, you know, or, you know, I might go, I might go to a, a Trump rally. One time, oh, I hope they don't pan the camera on me. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've heard, I've heard some of these governments that if you're given to these these radical groups, that they'll 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 seize your bank accounts. 
They did that in Canada. Amen. Well, glory to God. You all need to smile right now. I'm telling you, I've never seen so much sad-looking faces in my life. It's true, though. We want to help. Well, well, get involved in a different type of way. Amen. Hallelujah. It might just, you might just find yourself that as you're getting into it, you're starting to feel something rise up on the inside of you. A holy indignation, a, 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 a bravery, a, a cur- courageous spirit coming up. Amen. And then all of a sudden, you don't care who sees you. You'll go down on the town square with your sign held high. Amen. That's what it's all about. Amen. That's what it's all about. Praise God. Can you take just a little bit more? We won't go, we won't go much longer. I've got, I've got so much here, it'd it take me another hour and a half to, to get done with this. Praise God. Maybe I'll give you a part two sometime. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, Pastor, that, that'd really be good. Not. Amen. We've had enough. Thank you very much. Let's, talk, let's get in on the love of God. That's what this is all about. The love of God. The love of His church toward others. Amen. That we're willing to take a stand. That we're willing to do something extraordinary. Beyond anything we've ever done. By the power of God. Do you see that? That's what it's all about. It's not this thing where, you know, we're, we're just uh, going through motions. Does that make any sense? It's very, very important for us to do that. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's, let's look at this and then we're going to end here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll end here for tonight. I may have more at another offering. Praise God. But this is where we're going to stop. Got to get our heads out of clouds. We got to rock the boat. Amen. That was a song, wasn't it? Rock the boat. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. This is Paul praying for the Ephesian church. Starting with verse 17, we'll read through this. Quickly, out of the Amplified, it says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, and a deep and intimate knowledge of Him. See, that's what we're after. we got to have this so that we can pursue everything else. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with the light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. So we're set apart. We're supposed to be doing something different. And so that you may know, you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe 
as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Verse 20, which he exerts in Christ, exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above. Do you see that? Where you're seated at is far above. So you don't have to be concerned about, you know, uh, or afraid of something. You're far above. Every, every dominion, power and dominion, and a, every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Amen. So see, what, what, the title that you have is greater than any natural title that is conferred. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which is to come. And he has put all things, say all things, all things under his feet and has appointed him, the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. So Jesus's authority is being exercised right now in this body of Christ. Amen. Throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. So we're the body of Christ. We're called that. We call ourselves the body of Christ. We are the fullness of him. Do you see that? Who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him. So in us, right now, while we're standing and setting, the full measure of Jesus Christ is in us, who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. You and I, as the body of Christ, have all authority, all dominion, amen, all power. It's in you and I right now. You and I only have to tap into it or be aware of it. Let's, let's put it this way first. You need to be aware of it, that, is, that you even haven't. And once you're aware of it, then you strive to tap into it. Amen. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, whenever she touched Jesus, he stopped. He said, because virtue had went out of him. Even though there was a multitude pressing around him, touching him and everything else, only one person power went out of. I want you and I to be that one person. That the power of God is going to go through each and every one of us, praise God. So, there's a mandate now. We've got to start doing things a little bit different. It's not going to happen overnight, and it's not going to happen all at once. But if you're willing to do it, then God will empower us to do it. Do you believe that? Amen. Don't, like I said, this was not a rebuke or confrontation or anything else. It's just your friendly neighborhood pastor wanting to give some advice to the sheepy. Amen? That he needs to do himself. Amen. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.